You're listening to Podcast Rescue. My name is Cliff Duvenois, and this is episode 17. Hey there, are you struggling with your podcast? Well, then let's change that. Here, we're going to share the strategies, tips, and tricks that you need to make your podcast a thriving part of your business. Welcome to Podcast Rescue. Hello, my fellow entrepreneurs. How are you doing on this fine and lovely day? So, as of this recording, we are coming off our Thanksgiving break. And, you know, best laid plans. So I really wanted to take Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday off and kind of reflect on everything that was, you know, going on in my life and start thinking about 2023 and some of the goals that I want to set for myself. And instead, I fell down sick. (laughs) So if my voice sounds off today, uh, then that's the reason why. But I'm feeling much better now. And I got to get back into the saddle anyways. So uh, with that being said, I really do hope that you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, If you're outside of the U.S., then I hope you had a really great weekend. So what I want to do is I want to share with you a conversation that I had with a coaching client. Uh, Usually, whenever these sessions happen and we are talking, there's always powerful lessons that are to be learned. And I wanted to share this with you because this is definitely something that you could implement for your podcast as well. So to give you a little bit of perspective, this particular coaching client reached out to me because she wants to start a podcast. She's just looking for guidance on how to get it started. And I always like working with people when they're just starting their podcast journey because it gives me a real opportunity to kind of help them frame out a realistic vision something that's very current with the marketplace so that way she's not tempted by all the wrong metrics to let her podcast slip into pod fade. So what I did is I walked her through uh, my beginner podcast framework, uh, how it all works, how the pieces all fits together. And she's, you know, by at the end of the session, I asked her how she felt. She's like, wow, I am ready to go. I am much more comfortable getting my podcast started. And I was like, this is great. Now, during our conversation, when we were talking about getting her podcast up and running and things she would have to think about and do, one of the topics of conversation that popped up was around audience building. Now, keep in mind, it's a bit premature to talk about really building an audience when you don't even have a podcast in the first place. But what I wanted to do as part of this conversation with her is I wanted to share a vision with her because I have learned throughout my life that visions can be very, very powerful and they can really inspire people. Because what I don't want her to do is just think, oh, I'll start a podcast and that's going to solve all my problems. And when it doesn't solve her problems, then she's going to slip into pod fade, right? Because she's thinking nobody is going to be listening to her show. Now, again, just to reiterate this, as I've said before a million times, the podcast gurus will always tell you, well, you know what? If you build a podcast, they will come, right? Meaning that all you have to do is just push out episodes. Your audience will magically find you. And after 16, 18 months, your audience is going to be millions of people. And you can just retire on a beach sipping little umbrella drinks when that is the furthest from the truth, the furthest from reality. Now, in all reality, Some people will find your podcast, but at some point, relatively soon, your audience is going to plateau, right? So the question now we need to ask ourselves is, 
What can we do to keep our audience growing? Now, keep in mind, you want to have an audience for your podcast, which means for today's day and age, you're going to have to go out there and you're going to have to find them. Now, back in episode three, I talked about how your podcast is actually the third step in your marketing funnel, right? The third step. And the third step is to nurture. You want to build a relationship with your audience so that way you can invite them to do business with you. Invite them to download your lead magnet or to buy your course or whatever that might be. Now, it's very simple. If you don't have an audience, you don't have any customers. The larger your audience, the more customers you have. It is just that simple. Now, I know someone's going to listen to this podcast right now. They're going to say, well, wait a minute, Cliff. You, you said that, that downloads for a podcast really doesn't matter. It's all about the strategic connections. Well, that's true, but I want to clarify something. When I made that statement, it was in terms of measuring the success of your podcast. Too many people focus only on the downloads, right? I've produced 10 episodes of my podcast. I don't have 10,000 downloads for an episode. My podcast is now a failure. What I'm saying is, is that downloads, right? Size of your audience is not the only metric of success for your podcast. You do need an audience. So for my client, let's look at their example there. Now, she's a real estate agent which means that she wants to dominate a geographic area. Now, this is awesome. I applaud her for it. I'm glad I don't have to have that battle with her to get her to accept that she just cannot dominate her entire state. But it is a geographic area. Now, this is something that I discussed back in episode 14 when I talked about how one of the overlooked parts of niching down was geography. I believe it's better to be a bigger fish in a small pond than to be a small fish in a really big pond. So for her, it's obvious that, you know, with her business model, because it is 100% commission, she is looking for people who are ready to buy and sell a home. This is how she makes her living. But really, at the end of the day, this fits just about any business model because we're really on all 100% commission. If people aren't buying your product, you don't have any revenue. Now, what a lot of real estate agents do, and I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs do this as well, is that they only focus on people who are ready to buy. They don't focus any energy on trying to cultivate relationships. So that way, when people are ready to buy, they will buy from you. People, again, people, the no like and trust factor, right? People will buy from people that they know, like, and trust. This is part of building a relationship. Now, for every, you know, let's say, 100 people that you interact with, maybe one or two are ready to buy right there and then on the spot. But what about the other 98? I mean, if you've gone through the hassle of, of you know, talking to them and trying to understand where they are in their buying journey, and they say, yeah, you know, I'm not ready to buy today then most people just throw them away. They just toss them off to the side. They're like, well, you know, okay, whatever. Get, give me your email address. And that's like very lukewarm, right? Because they already know that they're going to get hit with a ton of spam email. But this is why your podcast is critical to your marketing funnel. Remember what I said, it's the third step. So for these 98 people that aren't ready to buy today, 
then why not focus on building a relationship with them? And this is something that you can do at scale. So it requires a bit of shift of a thinking of your part. This person isn't ready to buy. Okay, I get that. Well, what if I just have them subscribe to my podcast? Right? Have them hit that subscribe button. That way they're listening to me every week. They're hearing my voice every week. I'm reminding them every week of how I can help them. So for her being a real estate agent, this is one of the things that she can do very easily if she were to do an open house. People are going to show up at the open house. She's going to talk to them. Most of the people that are going to show up at the house are either going to buy or sell a home at some point in time in the future. Some might be ready today. Others, many others, might be ready tomorrow or next week or even next month or even next year. So she talks to them. Probably within a few questions, she can kind of understand where they are in their buying journey. And they say, you know what? We're not ready to buy today. And she's like, okay, that's cool. Hey, by the way, if you care about this neighborhood, if you care about this community, then I actually have a podcast where I talk about you know XYZ dealing with this community or this neighborhood, right? Whatever that topic might be. Now, if people are coming in there and they're actually at the house, like I said before, obviously they are interested in real estate at some point in time. But if they're not ready to buy, why not get them to subscribe to your podcast right then and there? Pull them into your marketing funnel. Just sit there when you're talking to them and just make that request, right? So now you think about this. If she does one open house every single week and she talks to 10 people, right? That's 10 opportunities to get new subscribers to her podcast. So after one month, she's now got 40 subscribers. 80 after two months, 120 after three months, so forth and so on, right? As we're going forward. Now, I, I've suggested this to people before, and there's two things that I hear back, right? When I bring up this example. The first thing is, is that people say to me, well, you know, Cliff, that doesn't really scale. The second thing they say is, yeah, but I'm not in real estate. That won't work for me. So let's tackle the first objection. Now, you're right. Talking to 10 people every single week does not scale. But you know what? If your podcast right now is plateaued at 10 listeners, 20 listeners, 40 listeners, 100 listeners, what good is thinking about scaling if you can't even grow your audience by one? I mean, maybe you're getting one or two people every couple of months to subscribe to your podcast, but that kind of growth is very anemic. It's very slow. Now. When I think about this, you know, oh, well, it doesn't scale model, it reminds me of how Airbnb got started back in the day. So many moons ago, I listened to this podcast that was called Masters of Scale. It was hosted by Reed Hoffman. He is one of the, found, he is one of the founders of LinkedIn. And so he goes out and he interviews all of these, you know, online companies, a lot of them that hit it really big. and. What we forget is that at one point in time, Airbnb was actually very small. Facebook was actually very small. Twitter was actually very small. All these companies were very small. Now for Airbnb, when they started, they only operated in San Francisco, 
right? They had their app. They just had it built. They had the idea that, hey, maybe there are people out there that's got a spare room to rent or an apartment to rent or something else like that, right? They had a business plan. They had their app. They just needed people to start using the app. Now, people were downloading the app and installing it on their phones, right? They would go out and they found all these people that had these rooms and they say, hey, put your listings on our app. It's a great way to make extra money. So the inventory was not an issue because, you know, these hosts were providing their, you know, their places to stay. But here's the deal. No one was booking. If no one is using your app, if no one's booking the app, you're not making any money. Now, this went on week after week. After a few months, the founders were really scratching their heads because we have all this inventory. Why is nobody booking? They went into the app and they started checking it out. Maybe there's something that we missed. Well, then something did hit them. Now for the hosts, when they put their rooms for rent, their apartments for rent, whatever it is, they have to put photos up. But here's the deal. The photos were horrible. They were dimly lit. Nothing was staged. I mean, it was just, if anything, it probably looked like a dungeon. Now, this is a very real thing, by the way. I've used Airbnb quite a few times. And when I've gone in there and looked at places to stay, I immediately filter out all of the listings that have photos that look like they were taken inside of a dungeon. I don't care how pretty or beautiful your place might be. If it looks like a dungeon online, I will not be staying there. So now when the founders of Airbnb realize this, what could they do? Right now, most people would sit there and say, oh, well, you know, we got to do something at scale. So let's have a class on how to teach, you know, these hosts on how to, you know, do, you know, get photos so that the way they can get more listings, right? Well, you could do that, but then you're really hoping that these owners will actually sign up and take your course. They'll actually take the time to learn how to do really good photography and all of this other stuff. So there's a lot of hoping that's going on. Now from Airbnb, what they decided to do is they went out and they hired a few photographers and their job, take professional photos of these places that were online, right? Go out and just snap really good photos. And they did. Now, as the dungeon photos that I'll call them were being replaced by these absolutely beautiful photos that were, that could have been taken out of any home decorating magazine. Guess what? People started booking through the Airbnb app. Now, I know when I listed my house on Airbnb, I hired a photographer to come in and snap photos. Why? Because everybody else around me that had really nice places to stay, they all had really nice photos. So I had to do that as well. And plus, I understand this from marketing, right? Because, you know, photos really do make a difference. You want to show, you know, your house, your listing, whatever it is in the best possible light that you can do. Now, in the end of the day, we all know today how valuable Airbnb is, right? I think the last evaluation I heard was $32 billion, which is crazy insane. But at the end of the interview with the Airbnb founders, Reed made an interesting point. And he said, sometimes in order to scale, you have to do things that don't scale, which is true. Now, for my client, right, just starting out with their podcast, no one's going to know it's there. No one's going to be listening to it. But how else is she going to get people to listen to it unless she tells them, right? Now, is she going to have to talk to people week after week for the rest of her life to get them to listen to her podcast? And probably not. My guess is, is that, you know, she launches this podcast, she gets it out there, she does what she wants it to do, right? She articulated her vision to me, it's ready to go. 
And if she keeps talking to enough people, like after one year of her podcast being out there, she should probably have around 500 subscribers to her podcast. Year two could be up to a thousand, but at some point there's going to be a tipping point, right? When there's going to be enough people out there that says, Hey, are you listening to this podcast? You know, she recently talked about this or she recently interviewed this and stuff and da, 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 da. And all of these people that have been listening to her podcast are going to become ambassadors for her podcast. They're going to be out there telling other people about it. But to get that started, she has to put in that work. She has to know that, that let people know that people are out there. So now the second thing that I hear from people and kind of like what I was talking about before is people say, well, that's great for real estate, Cliff, but it won't work for me. Seriously? Do you really think that? Do you really believe in your heart of hearts that your ideal listener, your ideal client isn't gathering somewhere inside of your geographic region, right? One client that I spoke to a few months ago, she was complaining to me because she's like, well, I have this vitamin supplement company and I'm, I'm targeting women who want to live their best life. And I said, well, you need to get your podcast out in front of them, right? You need to go talk to people. She's like, how do I do that? I'm like thinking to myself, really seriously, do I have to spell this out for you? What about going to yoga, studio, yoga studios, right? What about Pilates studios? Do you think her ideal client might be there? If, if a woman is, is taking vitamins and wanting to take better care of her health, right? What are things that she's doing today? How can you get out in front of these people to share your passion, right? About what it is that you're doing. What about women in health conferences or any woman conference for that matter? No matter what you tell me, no matter who you are, your ideal customer is gathering somewhere in your geographic area. You need to get in front of them. As I said before, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a big fish in a small pond, but you have to let people know you are there. There's nothing wrong with, with going out to your geographic region and actually shaking hands with people and saying, oh, I have a podcast. Pull out your phone right now and let's hit the subscribe button. But I think what it is, is that people for these days, what they really want to do is they just want to push a button on their computer and they're just expecting money to come pouring in, which just isn't the case. Now it can happen, right? But it's not going to happen until you've really started to build up your audience, especially if you've got higher ticket items. And this is what it takes. It really takes getting in front of people, the right people, shaking hands, sharing your passion and have them share your passion with you. You need to focus on building that relationship with people because relationships is how you are going to grow your business, grow your audience, grow your podcast, however that might work. But relationships is the ticket and that's what you need to focus on. And that's all the time I have for today. Make it a great day.